1: Listen with Bible pen and paper handy as Pastor Rander ministers to us today.
2: Thank you for this
1: precious
2: hymn of the faith that reminds us of what you did over 2,000 years ago for undeserving sinners like us. Thank you for times of praying in this service, singing, and worshiping. Use your servant now to dispense the good news of Jesus Christ like you wanted to be preached this morning. And may we consider this our last time in church on this side. Until you give us that next time, and act accordingly. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's children, said, amen. Amen. Have your Bibles. Jude 24 and 25, you get there faster by turning to the back part of your Bible, and then it's the book just prior to Revelation, Jude 24, 25. And there you'll find these words. Now, unto him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forever. And all God's children said, this message is entitled, A Glorious Savior, A Glorious Savior. As Jude culminates this letter, one can sense his love and heart for the saints to which he is writing. He has warned them to contend fervently for the faith and not be seduced by false teachers. Jude's closing words focuses on the glory of Christ. It focuses on the splendor of Christ, and it also focuses on the majesty of Christ. What a savior. As we reflect on how our Lord created us and saved us by the power of his glory, it should move even us today to worship him with all of our hearts, all of our minds, all of our souls, and all of our spirits. This well-known benediction or doxology is a fitting conclusion as Jude worships the savior, focusing on the divine attributes of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let us now glean from these two particular verses the attributes that make our wonderful Savior so glorious. In these final two verses of the book of Jude, there are four major characteristics of our Savior. Outline this way, verse 24a is the omnipotent Christ, verse 24b is the redeeming Christ, verse 25a is the omniscient Christ, and verse 25b is the glory of Christ. I'll repeat for the sake of your writing. Verse 24a is the omnipotent Christ. Verse 24b, the redeeming Christ. Verse 25a, the omniscient Christ. And verse 25b, the glory of Christ. Let's look at verse 24a, the omnipotent Christ. It says, now unto him who is able to keep you From falling. Wow, I could just preach right there and not go any further. Since Christ alone has unlimited, infinite, and creative power, he is able to keep you from falling and stumbling all over the place during life's journey. And this speaks of his omnipotence. He is a powerful God, there's no one more powerful than him. Satan does not rival the power of God. When you talk about the power of God, he's in a class all by himself. No one or nothing can compete with the omnipotence of our Lord and our God. You see that even in John, the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3. If you can turn there quick enough, it sure would be a good thing so you can see it and highlight it uh, for yourselves. In the Gospel of John, chapter 1, verses 1, 2, and 3, it says, In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. Now look at this, look at the power of Christ. All things were made by him, Christ. And without him, Christ was not anything made that was made. In other words, he was with God in the beginning. And he was a part of the creative process. Amen. Look at the book of Colossians. And you'll see the power of Christ on display. The Colossians chapter 1 verses 16 and 17 uh, someone does not have a Bible. Share your Bible so you can see the word of God for yourselves. Colossians chapter 1, verses 16 and 17. Look what it says. For by him, Christ, were all things, what? Created. By him. All, not some things. All things that are in heaven and that are in earth. Listen. The things that are visible to the eye and invisible to the eye. Whether they are thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him, the Lord Jesus Christ, and for him. In other words, for his glory. Verse 17. And he is before all things. You know, now Jehovah's Witnesses want to say uh, God created Christ. God did not create Christ. Uh, Christ was with God in the beginning. He is not a created being. He is an eternal being with, without being created himself. He is God. If he were created, then he would not be God. How do you create a real God? It's, it's, so it says, look, and, and he is before all things, and by him all things consist. All things consist, all things exist because of him who created all things. How do you look at this world and come to a conclusion that there is no God? That's why Psalms 14, one says, a fool says in his heart, there's no God. You can put a sun up there and it's still doing its job. You can put a moon and it's still glowing and glistening in the night the rivers and the mountains and the snowflakes and the leaves, uh, the grass and the animal kingdom and all those little funny creatures under the sea. All created by God. Protons, neutrons, atoms, all of these things have been created by God. If you just come to, if you have a problem with Genesis 1-1, you might as well shut your Bible and go somewhere and sit down. The Bible says, in the beginning, God. 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 God, 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 God! Don't you let these crazy, stupid, fired folk uh, brainwash you? Don't you let those PhD folk educate God out of you? In the beginning,
0: God,
2: God. Now unto Him who is able, <laughs> able. That's. That's having superior abilities. Abel refers to his being perfectly capable. Huh? Superior abilities, perfectly capable, and has infinite power. Wow. I mean, that that just turns me on. This same Jesus who created all things in heaven and earth and even under the earth, Visible and invisible is able to keep you from falling. Now, if he's that powerful, since he has that much power, since he created all things, and without him nothing exists, what is your problem to him? (laughs) Huh? What is your problem in light of all of this power God has? i got three things I want to say uh, referencing his ableness. Since he's that able, number one, put all your trust in him. <laughs> That's what you do. Put all your, if, if, he is that able, so put all your trust in the ableness of God. And number two, since God is that able, allow Christ to carry your burdens. Why would you carry your burdens when you have a God that can carry yours and everybody else's at the same time? What can intrude into your life that God can't handle? Since he is that able, what you worried about? What what has you all been out of shape? What has you not being able to sleep at night because you failed to focus on the ableness of God? (laughs) When you know he's able, you can going to sleep. That's right. That's right. He's able. He's able. So put all your trust in him. Allow Christ to carry your mercies and then anchor your lives in Christ. Listen, I don't want to anchor my life in nothing but the one who is absolutely superiorly able. I mean, I, I'm not going to anchor my hope in money. I'm not going to anchor it in people. I'm not going to anchor it in things. I'm not going to anchor it in, in the presidency. I'm not going to anchor it in Congress. I'm not going to anchor it in my mama, my daddy. As much as I love them, there's some things come in my life my mama can't fix. There's some things that are true to in my life my daddy can't fix. My sister can't fix. My wife can't fix. But I know a God who can fix it. <laughs> Do I have a witness? I. I, I I know a God who's able to fix it I like that old song that says let Jesus fix it for you
0: <laughs> oh who
2: knows just what to do whenever you pray just let him have his way let Jesus fix it for you <laughs> now, what you worried about why not you just calm your little old self down and know God's able. (laughs) That's right. Why don't you go on and rest in peace and know, why don't you go and put up all those worry bottles and all those pill poppings and all that kind of pill to wake up and a pill to go to sleep and a pill to eat and a pill to walk and, and realize that he's able. He's able. He's able to keep you when you've just lost that job. Anybody here lost a job? But you kept on eating meals, huh, huh? Huh? Anybody here seen your child go wild, and the ableness of God brought them back home? Huh? 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 You anybody seen God work when you thought you couldn't pass that test? And all of a sudden, God regulated your mind and you realize that he was a heart fixer and a mind regulator. And the ableness of God caused you to matriculate through that exam. Oh, God is able. Ah! Is there anybody that believes God with me today that he's able? Anybody know that you know you know that God is able? haven't you been working with the Lord long enough by now that know my God is able to keep me from falling the Lord is able he's able to keep me when I'm sick keep me when I'm about to go in that surgery to keep me when my marriage is about to fall to pieces to keep me when I don't even know what I'm doing. When I'm at a crossroad and don't know what to do. My God is able. The power of Christ is able to keep us from falling. stumbling into apostasy. Stumbling into sin. And going astray away from God. Now, I pose a question to you. Since the Lord is what? Able. able. Since the Lord is what? Able. Since the Lord is what? Able. Since the Lord is able to keep you from falling, why do saints fall? Now, if he's that able, <laughs> what's wrong with your attitude? Huh? Why? Are you falling when you have a God who's able? Let me give you a number of reasons. Number one, it's because they depend, many depend on self-sufficiency instead of Christ-sufficiency. So you're depending on your. Listen, you, you can't make it in life without Total exclusive reliance on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing in you that can get you through all the calamities of life apart from Jesus Christ. They depend on self-sufficiency instead of Christ-sufficiency. In other words, they are full of pride. There are people who are full of pride in the church. They say, I will do it my way. Don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. Or They say, uh, that will never happen to me. Instead of saying, my God is able to keep me. They rely on human reasoning and strategies. The gospel of John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. You don't have enough common sense to keep you. You don't have enough education to keep you. You don't have enough human reasoning to keep you. Only God is able. So many uh, fall because of relying on on themselves instead of the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. Why do believers fall? Because believers fail because they don't align their lives with the scriptures. They don't align their lives with the Holy scripture upon the Holy scriptures. They're good at hearing the word, but never apply the word or put it into practice. You said, I heard you, preacher. No, you didn't hear me. The only way you really hear is when you begin to do. Listening, hearing, hearing God is to listen to God. And to listen to God is to do what he says. If you don't do what he says, you have not heard. Huh? Huh? So, 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 so you have to align your life. You, You have to make some extreme adjustments. That means you got to purge out some television. Purge out some internet. Purge out some folk in your life. Some folk you got to cut off or cut out. Purge that busyness out of your life. And spend time focusing and internalizing and digesting the word of God so that you can be all that he called you to be. The word of God says in James 1.22, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. In other words, if you're hearing and not doing, you are self-deceived. And you have a lot of self-deceived folk in the church. They've heard enough word to keep them from now to eternity, but they have not applied one dime of it. You see, why do saints fail? Uh, Thirdly, Christians fall because they're in love with the world and the things of it or the things in it. They are in love with the world. They love the world and the things in it. 1 John 2, 15, 16. 1 John 2, 15, 16 says, do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, everything you can see, touch and smell, and even those invisible things, is passing away. You know, for all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, uh, those things Is not of the Father. If you're loving loving those things, you're not of the Father, but you're of the world. You have a worldly mind, so much so you can't be about the Father's business. In other words, the very thing you love will ensnare and even destroy you. That's why you ought not love these things. Such as what? Money. Money can bring about your demise. Loving women more than God. Loving another man more than God. Loving drugs more than God. Loving alcohol more than God. Loving dark secret places that others know not of more than God. Loving gambling and lottery more than God. Loving pornography and sexual immorality and your entertainment to the point that you're addicted to it. Loving your career or even yourself can cause you to fall. And really, if we are going to be strong, if we really confront the issue of ourselves, there needs to be some self-purging in our lives so that we can please the Father and live our lives to the glory of God. Number four, why do saints fall? Many fall because they don't flee. They don't run. That's why people fall. We must run from sin as if we're running from a poisonous snake or fire. Your house is burning. The back room is already consumed. Are you going to say, uh, honey, go in there and uh, 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 fix me some tea? And the whole house is smoking up and I'll get out when I finish my tea. You say, are you crazy? Let's get out of here as fast as we can before we die of smoke, smoke inhalation and all these kinds of things. How many of you if you had a poisonous rattlesnake anywhere in your house, would stay there and say, oh, it'll stay there, it won't come over here. Huh? How many of y'all would be, I mean, you, could all, you can sleep, and it's, it, the thing is, just rattling, it's rattling, but it's, it's just curled up, and it hasn't gone anywhere, and five days later, it's in that same corner, in that same spot, but, but you say, you know, it's in the same spot, just leave it there, you know. Uh, just, it's, 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 it must be okay. You're a fool if you do. That snake going to bother you? It's going, I mean, it's going to, listen, it about have to be a snake. It can be a rat. Huh? I mean, for some people, they stand they turn turning the whole house upside down. The rat running from them and you running from the rats. You, you run, you get out, you kill it, you find a hole, you find a chop, you find, a gu- you find whatever you can. And, and listen, you're not going for the tail, you're going for the head. Do I have a witness here? You're going for the head. That's the way you ought to feel about sin. That's just the way you ought to feel about sin. Hey, listen, I'm not going to let, I'm not going to play with that. I'm not going to flirt with that. I'm going for the head. I don't want that in my life. I'm not going to let that be comfortable. I'm not going to be comfortable with that messing around in me because that's dangerous. And I got to get, I got to run from that in me. That's going to bring me down. And from those influences around me, that's going to wipe me out. We're to run quickly from sin. Instead, many flirt with sin. Many linger around sin and many play with sin and are ultimately destroyed by sin. You can't play with sin and get away with it. You flirt, you're going to get burned. And you're going to get caught. You're going to get caught. 1 Corinthians 6, 18a says, flee sexual immorality. Everything we look at have some naked woman, a ha- naked man, they're in underwear, really. And this is not even underwear, they're thongs. I mean, everything is so sensual. They advertise cereal, hair products, uh, glasses, uh, whatever, uh, fingernails, or whatever. And there's some sexy object with big boobs and big bottoms with strings on them. And then they wonder why rape is going up. They wonder why so many folk are falling. You're watching triple X movies, uh, X-rated movies, movies that break the heart of God, and you come out so at peace with what you saw, cussing don't even bother you anymore. And you wonder why you fall, and those words that don't slip out, they come out. You didn't slip, you said just what was in you. When you gonna learn to run? Number five, why saints fail? Many saints stumble because they seldom, if ever, invest in the lives of others by encouraging one another. Many, fa- You fail because you don't in- invest in others. You don't, it's all about you. You don't encourage one another. You're not edifying one another or speaking in faith upon one another. Some of y'all don't even do it to your own spouse or your own children or some your in-law, or your, your sibling, your sister, or whatever, your brother. We need encouraging. One of the worst things anyone can do is to hope someone else falls in their ministry or in their personal lives. The worst thing you can do to me is to hope I fall in any capacity. Because I reflect God, and I represent you. And you know who says after the most? Is me. you know how distraught this church would be if you found out some horrific thing on me? Huh? And yet, people don't want to encourage and people don't want to pray. Huh? And not only me, don't look at me like that, but you too. (laughs) Amen. You too. You too. Satan wants you. He wants your mama, your daddy, your sisters, your brothers. He wants your wife. He wants your grandmother. He wants everybody. He doesn't play fair. He's evil.
1: If you enjoy this kind of biblical teaching or would like to hear this message in its entirety, please visit us at Maranatha Bible Church, located at 7855 East Loop 1604 North in Converse, Texas, or call us at 210-821-5683.